Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Hey, it's, uh, it's so good to, uh, to be with you. Like Jacinda said, my name's Stanley, if we haven't met. And here we are, Resurrection Sunday. Come on, somebody. For all the, uh, the, those with some Anglican roots, perhaps, within them, he is risen. Okay. He is risen. Thank you. I have a, a friend who I've known for many, many years, and our tradition Easter Sunday morning is to text each other, uh, try and race who gets to get the first one in. I won this morning. So uh, he's risen, he's risen indeed. Yeah, anyway. Hey, it is, uh, it's so good to, uh, to have you here uh, for just, this is just such a significant day in the life and the calendar of the church, right? Um, and it's great to have you here whether, you know, being in church is sort of a regular thing for you, hearing about Jesus' death, resurrection, and, uh, you know, life uh, even more is like, oh, that's, that's normal for us, or perhaps whether um, being in church or the story of Jesus is a little bit unfamiliar or a bit, you know, uh, a bit out of the norm for you. It's awesome to have you here, and if you're in the building with us, or if you're with us online, indeed. And uh, and one of my hopes um, today is just that you know wherever we find ourselves at, we would just would be able to, you'd be able to relax, uh, that you'd be able to be yourself, but also that that something of today would would connect with you um, very personally, something of the resurrection life of Christ would just hit home for you fresh and anew. You know, this is, this is a story that's been told for 2,000 years, but it doesn't get old because there's always something new that God is inviting us into. And um, for most of us here or with us online, at least, but not all, at least the general details of this weekend will be somewhat familiar to you. You know, that on, that on Friday, you know, Jesus is sentenced to this death on a cross. The Romans knew how to punish and kill people. And uh, this brutal death that Jesus went, went through for us. You know, through to that point in, in, in Matthew and in John's gospel, as Jesus is, is breathing his last breath, he, he says, it is finished. And then it says that he gave up his spirit. Even to that very kind of final moment of Jesus' life, there is this laying down of himself, isn't there? This, this willing surrender as he gives up his spirit. Friday for us is uncomfortable, isn't it? You know, there's, there's death, loss, uh, disappointment, uh, there's grief, despair, it's kind of all those elements of our human existence that, that are pretty uncomfortable, that are pretty confronting. And one of the things that Friday is meant to do for us is to bring us into that place to remember those things in our own life that, 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 that we recognize that Jesus had in those moments. It's important for us to, to go through that, that part, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> it's not a rhetorical question, sorry. 
that even in, even in those, those moments of Friday, there's, there's glimpses of Sunday, aren't there? You know, we, we sang about it earlier on, you know, the, the ground shakes, the, 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 this, this, this curtain that's, that's set in the, in, the, in the Jerusalem temple that's, that's there separating everyone from the rest of the temple, from the Holy of Holies, the, 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 the closest place to God on earth. Hadn't been to New Zealand, obviously. But, yeah. Sorry, that's bad theology. Don't, don't carry that through. <laughs> but the symbolic ripping of that curtain from top to bottom, ripping apart that, that point of separation that there once was between us and God, this, this ability for us to be able to step in to life with God, this ripping of this... Even on, even on Friday, the, the, the elements of Sunday are, are signified, are, are started. And it's, and it's important for us, it's important for us to, to understand why it was that Jesus died on the cross. Not just in a, in a, in a story sense, but in, a, in us sense. You know, why was it that Jesus died on the cross for me, for you, for, for all of humanity, this this moment where Jesus takes on board the weight of the sin of the world, of your wrongdoings, of my misgivings, of my mistakes, of, 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 that, of that stuff of life that is uncomfortable but important for us to acknowledge and to sit with. So that we didn't need to bear the weight of that so that we could be forgiven, so that we could step into that life with God, to be able to identify with our sufferings but take on board the weight of our wrongdoings so that we could have life. <laughs> and I don't mean like a skydiving sort of life. You know, sometimes we get sold the idea, you've got to truly live, you know. How many have skydived? It's a, yeah. But I'm, not, I'm just not talking about a single moment where you have some elation. I'm talking about life. That you can live with meaning and purpose. You can live with identity and a sense of self because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's worth leaning into. I was listening to um, Lectio's 365 app um, recently, and just in this last week, one of the comments that they made, um, Tyler Stanton was doing the, uh, doing the particular day, and he says, the greatest gift God ever gave us was not in his action, but his surrender. His surrender so that we could live because of his love for us. Uh, as Jacinda mentioned in the, in the foyer, there are some images there to just help us sort of lean into the significance of this window. And there's this particular uh, image up there of, of uh, representing Jesus dying on the cross and this, this blood that's pouring from one from the, the hands of Christ down. And in, you may not be able to see it down the back there, but in the hand that's receiving down the bottom, there's just a little, there's a little plant. 
a, a, a seed that needed the blood of Christ in order to live. Jesus is pouring out for us. Of course, through, through Sunday comes new life. Friday is relatively meaningless without the victory of Sunday, isn't it? Without Jesus ultimately having victory over death itself and allowing those seeds to begin to grow into life again. And each of the gospel accounts, so the gospels that tell the story of Jesus at the beginning of the New Testament, they, 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 they tell the story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection slightly differently. Really typical if, you, if you've got a bunch of people in the room trying to remember back to a significant event that happened, the details that they will remember will be slightly different. They may have some different emphasis in there, some different things that really stand out to them. They may even remember the details slightly differently. But each of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they make it crystal clear to us in the language of the resurrection that there really was a death on the cross. There wasn't some sort of trickery that was tried to be established. Like I say, the Romans knew how to kill people. There was no way that they could have had some sort of you know, farce of pretending that Jesus was dead on the cross. He really was dead. And then that was on Friday. And then on Sunday, he really was alive. And not symbolically, not metaphorically in the sense of it was like he was raised from the dead. No, no, no. He was raised in some sort of bodily, physical form. Here is Jesus raised from the dead. (laughs) Come on, somebody. (laughs) The language that they use is very clear. Resurrection had happened. And I want to pick up the the story of that Sunday in Luke's account. We're going to lean into Luke's account today, just how he tells the particular stories of those first moments of discovering that that Jesus is alive again. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn into Luke 24. Uh, And if you don't have your Bibles, then obviously we've got it up on the screen here and you uh, you can read along with me. On the first day of the week... Very early in the morning. So kind of like what used to be Monday, here's Sunday. All of our calendars have shifted because of the events of Christ. Even just that in itself is significant. Anyway, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Little side note here, this is the first time apparently that Luke brings together those two words, Lord and Jesus. Again, leaning into the significance of the story that he's telling about the resurrected Christ. He's, he's referred to him obviously throughout his story, of this, throughout this gospel. But in this moment, he's making the point, this is the Lord Jesus. Verse 4, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood before them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. Uh, But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. 
Remember now, he, he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. You can start to kind of imagine the, the sort of the, the jarring reality that these women were in, right? You know, probably sleep deprived, definitely in despair and in a state of grief. And they're like, what, what, what's going on? Uh, in Matthew's version of the account, he says that the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. You know, that sort of dual reality. It's like, what? And really? You know, that afraid yet filled with joy. Is it, is it possible? Verse 9, back into Luke. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James. You know, here's, here's Luke remembering some of the details. Uh, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. <laughs> Don't you love just how honest the Bible is at times, you know? Like, here, here are these women coming back with this story, uh, these, these great apostles, these great people that would go on to, to set in motion 2,000 years ago what we're still a part of very much today, you know? But they're like, what? What's this crazy talk? Like, this, this, is, this is nonsense. Peter, though, we love Peter, don't we? Verse 12, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. He wanted to know what the story was. Uh, Luke in his retelling then jumps into a story that happens later that day of a couple of people who are on, their, on the road to a place called Emmaus. As they're, as they're walking along together discussing everything that's been going on, the resurrected Christ comes and walks with them. But they don't recognize. They don't recognize who Jesus is until a little bit later when they do what we just did in terms of taking communion together, they, Jesus breaks bread, and it's in that moment that, oh, this is Jesus. But it's like, that's really similar to how our journeys of faith can be, eh? You know, at times we can be walking along and not recognize the presence of Jesus with us. And perhaps it's, it's only in hindsight, like, like this pair did on their road to Emmaus, when they have that moment of sort of their eyes being opened. You know, sometimes for us, it's just that we're, we're sort of just so stuck in the busyness of life, we don't take time to stop and consider and to reflect. But as they look back in hindsight, they say in verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? It's kind of like, ah. Oh. And sometimes we can have that, ah, oh, sort of moment, eh, as we look back. And even though it might have been dark, even though it might have been difficult, we can recognize the presence of Jesus who was walking with us 
Luke then goes on to explain that about Jesus appearing to the disciples, you know, convincing them of who he was and reminding them why it was that he needed to be crucified and rise again, of the prophecies that he was fulfilling about the Messiah coming and rising again, about the promises of forgiveness as we would come to God with repentant hearts of those things that have kept us separate from God. In John's gospel, in his account of these, this time, he ends the recollection of the same interchange by saying this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And really, that's the driver behind it, isn't it? Life in his name. More than understanding the, the details of Jesus' life, his death, his, his burial and resurrection, although they're helpful and good for us to understand and know, it's this invitation into life with Christ. And not just eternal life. Not just salvation in that sense of, well, one day when we die, we will be able to be with Jesus again because of his reality in our lives. Not, not just because of that, but for life in the here and now. To outwork that life, to see the kingdom of God sort of breaking in because of the resurrected Christ in our life. That you may have life in his name this Easter. <laughs> When Jesus rose from the dead, he had victory over the ultimate downward effect of humanity, over death itself, and promised to us too that we would be able to step into that victory. I love it. We sung it again, but in 1 Corinthians 15, there's this chapter in the Bible all about resurrection, and towards the end of the chapter, he says, this death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And just as I've just been sort of you know, praying and thinking about uh, today, I've just been really stirred by that, by that question, that thought, what, what area or areas of our lives do we need to see the reality of the resurrected Christ breathe afresh on us? What needs to be resurrected in you and me this Easter? Beyond the general promise to all of humanity, beyond even the promise of eternity with God, what might God's invitation be to you and me today, in this season, in this time, in this moment? And I am not proposing by any stretch of the imagination to give you a complete list of the things that could be the invitation out there, but I did think it was worthwhile just relatively briefly just to mention a few different areas of resurrection life that God might be stirring in us and inviting us to step into. Sound helpful? Isn't all right? Good thing to reflect on on Easter? Okay. Again, not rhetorical. 
Resurrection forgiveness. Resurrection forgiveness. Much of the the resurrection life that we are invited into because of Easter actually starts with a heart of repentance. And, you know, repentance gets a bit of a bad rap these days. It's not a popular, you know, word to use, repent. But it's an amazing gift to us. That we can actually come and bring our brokenness to God. That because of his love for us, he would forgive us of our sins. He would forgive us of, of those shortcomings where we, where we fall short of, of God's standard over our lives. We've all fallen short. I mean, I, and I, I mean, this has been an ongoing rhythm and journey, obviously, but I remember even as a, as a mid to late teen that experience of living forgiven, of actually being able to come and confess those things to God that I wanted his forgiveness for and then to actually live out of it, to live whole and free. That, you know, maybe for you this morning... You know, you're actually wanting to step into salvation with God, like life with God, with God in the center of your world. And one of the key elements to that starting is just coming with repentance. And it's not scary. It's, it's a beautiful gift uh, to us. 1 John 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a beautiful gift that Easter gives us. And of course, it, it invites us into that step beyond that as well, doesn't it? Not just to be forgiven, but to forgive others. Perhaps this Easter, this resurrection life that God might be inviting you into involves something of his resurrection forgiveness within your world. Resurrection faith. Maybe for you this Easter, there is an invitation for some fresh resurrection faith to believe again. You know, just maybe through disappointments or just the stuff of life, the difficulty of the season that you've been in, you sense that your faith has taken a bit of a hit. Perhaps this Easter, there is an invitation for you to step back into believing again. Believing for healing. Believing for the miraculous. Believing for wholeness, restoration, spiritually, emotionally, physically. To come back and be breathed back into your life. Siri's contributing. <laughs> then there's resurrection peace. As Jesus stood amongst his disciples for the first time, Luke records in that same chapter that we were reading earlier on in 24, peace be with you. <laughs> Even then, he knew the importance of peace, resurrection peace. Not just fleeting peace, but real peace that sort of that can anchor you, peace that is not dependent on the circumstances around us. 
peace, resurrection peace, lasting peace. Perhaps for you that's the invitation. Resurrection hope. I know these are all big topics. We could spend a long time on each, but just, just to sow some seeds here. The hope of a life with Christ. The hope of God's ultimate victory. It should fill us with hope. Hope for the now as well as for the future. That man, this life can just beat us up a bit, can't it? <laughs> In similar sort of regard to that faith element, you know, our hope can take a can take a pounding at times. When we look around us, we open up our news feed and it's bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. <laughs> Do you think that again? <laughs> You're laughing at me, Ritzer. <laughs> I would too. You know, resurrection hope. Just to allow God. Hebrews 6 verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. A hope that anchors us. A hope that calls us forward. (laughs) And finally, and perhaps pretty broadly, just resurrection living. You know, another way of putting it that we sometimes language it this way. Kingdom living. Looking for the activity of the kingdom of God to break into our worlds. The resurrection of Christ offers us the opportunity to step into that sort of resurrection living, to be people of the kingdom of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, that I referred to a, a few moments ago, is this big chapter on resurrection. And he doesn't, the Apostle Paul, he does not finish the chapter by saying, Well, that's brilliant, isn't it? You know, just kick back, put your feet up, relax, chill out, it's all going to be good. He ends it by saying, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you always. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Give yourselves fully to kingdom living, resurrection living, looking to establish the kingdom of God that little bit more within your own world. Um, A couple of groups this term have been doing this course called Surprised by Hope, uh, based on the same, uh, the title of the same book um, by N.T. Wright. Just a brilliant, brilliant course. Um, But uh, within that that book that N.T. Wright writes, he says this, with Easter, God's new creation is launched upon a surprised world, pointing ahead to the renewal, the redemption, the rebirth of the entire creation. Every act of love, every deed done in Christ and by the Spirit, every work of true creativity, every time justice is done, peace is made, families are healed, temptation is resisted, true freedom is sought and won. That this very earthly event takes its place within a long history of things which implement Jesus' own resurrection and anticipate the final new creation and act as signposts of hope, pointing back to the first and onto the second. 
we had this uh, the final night of uh, that course this this past week, and um, Vaughan was just uh, reflecting back. Not even my story. Um, <laughs> reflecting back on something that had happened for him recently. I've asked his permission to, uh, to share this, by the way, just as in case you're thinking. But he was just saying, you know, throughout, throughout this time of doing the group and so forth, he'd just been stirred to, to restart praying again for the, for this, you know, particularly for the staff within his business. And so he'd been praying away. And there was a particular circumstance where one of his sales reps in Rotorua had walked through some really, uh, some really difficult times uh, and uh, she had had her partner uh, pass away. She had lost two, um, two other family members. Her daughter had moved uh, over to Melbourne. And unfortunately, she had uh, begun to use alcohol in a really unhealthy way to try and cope. And... Um, And I just thought it was a, just a beautiful picture of this reality. So, so Vaughan's driving into work. He's praying for his staff. He, 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 this particular day, just really wants to pray particularly for this, for this woman, for wisdom to know what to do, you know. He, he's, got a, he's faced with a, a really difficult conversation to have with her. Performances dropped and so forth. And uh, he, he prays and prays. And then that very afternoon, it doesn't always happen this quick, but that very afternoon, he gets an email in his inbox from her, and it, and it basically just says, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I know that you would have realised that my performance has really dropped. I, I want you to know that I want to I try and get healthy and, 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 and back on track. I've, I've booked in to see a, a doctor. Please don't give up on me. And so Vaughan rings her back, says... We won't give up on you. Uh, long story short, he asked to share some of those details with the rest of the staff team. They come, she says yes. They come around her, build support around her. And she is on the road to having health back in her world. That's, that's resurrection living. Just in our own little neck of the woods, our own little part that we can play to invite the kingdom of God, to invite resurrection life to come and be a present reality, that little bit more in someone's world. What might it be that God is inviting you into this Easter in terms of his resurrection life? Forgiveness, faith, hope, peace, living, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be on that list. And the reality is that if each and every one of us step into life like that, if we as a church, if the church with Big C steps into that way of living, taking hold of the resurrection in this way, as we live out resurrecting lives, that little bit of heaven gets planted back into earth. That little bit more of the kingdom breaks in. The, the darkness of the world that we live in gets taken over that little bit more by light. Life gets breathed back into humanity. Hope begins to be experienced again. Can I encourage each and every one of us this Easter? Let's step into resurrection life. Amen.
Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whānau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day. Be blessed.